Today on Modern Sales Wisdom Podcast, we're going to be speaking about closing plans, action plans, or go live plans with none other than Johannes Stich. Actually, treat it as a product. We need to convince him that it makes sense to use the mutual action plan to buy. It's actually selling it and aligning the customer to it. Mutual action plan, we work with mutual action plans. It looks like this. And before we get going and into the conversation with Johannes, I want to say thank you for listening in. If you're doing this on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever it is, you taking the time really means a lot to me. So thank you. And if you're watching this on YouTube, then you are the special ones. Thank you as well. And now, as you still have the device in your hand, probably, please smash that subscribe button and leave me a like makes a huge difference and the more engagement we have the better the show is going to get and this is what i do it for i do it out of passion for the sales community so thank you for being part of it now we have johannes stich on the show and johannes is going to be the right person to talk about when it comes to building mutual engagement plans or go live plans johannes is the go-to-market lead at value case and he has an excessive history as well in coaching and building teams and, and structuring them and consulting in that area also working at winning with design he has the knowledge Knowledge and we're going to share it. So thank you. And at the end, there'll be a few nuggets which you could take with you. Thank you for being part of this. Enjoy. Johannes, great to have you on the show today. I'm really excited about this, especially we're going to talk about something which all sales managers love to talk about. That's joint action plans, joint uh, uh, mutual agreement plans with the customer to get across. So I'm really excited to get your insights onto this. But let's just to kick it off, maybe at the beginning, um, how would you define a mutual action plan, a mutual closing plan. What is the terminology? What are we going to be speaking about? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, um, uh, thanks for having me, Henry. Uh, basically, uh, you, you already, we already started at, at, at the definition uh, step, right? So everybody calls it a, a little different. So I, we always call it mutual action plans or action plans, right? So you just call it mutual agreement plans. I mean, uh, I think we all mean the same, um, but by, um, what it actually is, and that's actually the, that's the, that's a tricky point uh, because I think that um, it comes, or at least I think that it comes from uh, uh, HubSpot that they sometimes that they use it for onboarding uh, an action plan first, and there's no like real definition for it. So uh, there's a lot of definitions out there, and for me, um, it's basically a a shared dynamic, and the importance is dynamic document between you and your prospects, right? So it's basically a plan. You could also call it, call it a project plan, how to uh, close or how to sell to a client and from a client's perspective, how to, how they can go live with your solution. Like what's, what are the steps with the project plan from now to go live for your client? I think you're saying one important uh, thing, which a lot of people in sales probably see a little bit uh, uh, different. Because for us in sales, we like to see the close as the finish. But of course, that's not the finish because that's the beginning of, uh, of your partnership working together. How would you say maybe these mutual action plans, closing plans are maybe a little bit different in the SaaS industry as they are in other industries? I, to be honest, I, I cannot quite, uh, everything I'm saying is just from, uh, from uh, when I compare it to other industries, then it's just from... Uh, uh, from what I think, because I've never sold to other, uh, never sold in other industries. Right, I've always been SaaS seller. Um, um, since I think it's a quite new concept, and it's a concept that uh, has quite uh, come to uh, mainstream uh, adoption now. Um, uh, I think that uh, in SaaS, the specific specifics of 
emotional action plan are important because SaaS software, selling software, selling technology is always something that is kind of new. So um, buyers don't know how to buy it, right? So how, how, do, I, how do I go live with, uh, I don't know, with a software like, software like Zoom, a software like uh, 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 a software that is not like a one-click login for uh, an end user, right? How do I go live? How, what do I need to do? Uh, and uh, since there's a lot of technology uh, in software out there that is new, that solves a new problem, that solves an innovative new concept, um, the buyer doesn't know. Bias is, is, is new to this uh, innovative product and uh, he has to learn and you have to, as a seller, you have to educate him on uh, how we can actually do it. It's done by swiping a credit card, right? So I think the main difference is that uh, SaaS and SaaS meaning selling technology needs, not only needs to educate uh, buyers on the product, what it does, but also how to, how to, uh, how to, yeah, how to go live with it, how to use it, how to uh, buy it, right? So I think that's, that's a main difference to in the uh, traditional or non-SaaS um, markets. Buyers tend to have experience in buying, I don't know, buying cars, buying uh, hardware, buying machines, right? Um, I think that's a big difference from the start. And what would you say are critical elements that you have to have within that process? Or is there a defined process? Because every company I've worked in and every time we have external people joining our teams, they come up with sometimes great, sometimes superior, sometimes inferior uh, processes, uh, but they're all very different. Is there a framework where you would say that really makes sense out of your experience? For a for mutual action plan, you th um, yeah. I mean now? Um, I think there's... And that's, that's, that's an interesting question, to be honest. Um, I think there is no perfect system for a mutual action plan. Um, I think it's very dynamic. It's very fluid, depending on what you're selling and what, to whom you're selling it to, right? Um, and it is like the core nature of uh, uh, a mutual action plan or like a project plans itself. They are quite individual on um, like when what what to start with, what to do to go live with the solution. Um, I, I only see it like with core elements to it um, that should be in every mutual action plan. Um, I've been working, I've been training uh, or doing mutual action workshops um, when I have to, done them. Um, it's basically, and as I, how I remember it, they are all uh, individualized. So everything was... Uh, sometimes the main part was a little different. Sometimes the end part was a little different. Sometimes the introduction of the mutual action plan to the champion was a little different or was at a different uh, point in time. Um, I think they're quite, I think it's, I think there's no best system that fits all. I think it's very, uh, depending on your product and uh, 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 the ICP, the industry you're selling it to. And let's start at the beginning because... When do you initiate? Because I think that's probably the first step, which you start when uh, when it comes. I mean, we have that in our processes when we look around, and I've tried to introduce that in our teams, where we say, if we come to this stage, we're going to start, let's say, a POC or something in that stage, and then say, now it's time we talk about mutual agreements going forward. Is there a time, and how should those be implemented, and who should implement them from uh, from persona style? Yeah. So. 
when is a very good question because when and how to introduce it is, uh, I made the experience that it's a, lo a lot is uh, depending on that point in time and how you do it. Um, from my experience, um, it makes, it, it made the most sense or it like typically introduced very early in the process. So if you say you are at discovery stage, you do a first touch, first meeting with a customer and uh, you qualify whatever qualification method you you are you, you, uh, using, if it's a medic band or if it's spiced for winning by design, then, uh, and you say in, in that qualification method, you are, you think the, the, the prospect is qualified, right? So you move, uh, move them forward to custom demo, whatever is the second meeting, right? Or whatever uh, you're doing with qualified leads that you have spoken to, um, between those. So first, first touch, first call and second call, there should be like this second in parallel stream of the mutual action planning. Um, and, uh, I always train, uh, we always, um, try to, uh, implement this, uh, at, as a second meeting with the champion. So in plain words, it's a meeting after the discovery that you uh, schedule with your champion. So the one that needs to drive the purchase purchasing process from the uh, buyer side. And this is a meeting just around the mutual action plan. It's not so much about product. It's not so much about the result. It's not so much about pricing. It's just basically really laying out, uh, let's let it be an Excel sheet with a project plan, step one, two, three, four, five from today to go live with due dates, with work packages, with uh, questions around who needs to be involved in this. Um, and actually it's a project meeting, right? It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a project plan meeting with your champion. Just a quick reminder in the middle of the show, if you haven't done so, then please smash that subscribe button and leave me a like. It makes a big difference because the more engagement we have, the better the show is going to get. And I do it for you. So thank you for listening and being part of it. And maybe you know somebody who this conversation might be interesting. So feel free to share it. Now enjoy. So you're suggesting you have your initial calls with a, with a prospect. Um, you kind of need to get them ready to feel what your product can offer. And before you start evaluating and demoing what you have, you try to get the commitment from your prospect to say, well, if I demo you this, and if I do get my uh, people involved, which is obviously an invest from the company, um, then let's see, do you, do you put in like step outs? Like if we don't deliver to what this is, then we don't have a deal from our side, or do you always have the go live in, in plan? Um, so, so you mean, um, do I do this before I demo the client or can you rephrase the question maybe? Oh, the question which I'm asking is if you're trying to, at what stage do you, uh, position your mutual action plan or your mutual closing plan or go live plan? Um, let's say you have a prospect and you get them ready. You call them a champion. Well, the champions maybe, uh, uh hard definition again, but let's say you have somebody who's eager to understand what you do. They're going to, their willingness is there to involve other people into the process in order to build something or to, to look at something. And, um, obviously if you start getting people from your company involved to demo, to 
give a little bit more than just half an hour of their time, but actually prepare a meeting, that's an invest from the company. You can't do that at scale. You have to do that very clearly and you have to do that wisely. Who you do that with? Um, so you're suggesting at that time, you say, well, I'm going to come. We're going to go do the demo. This is what it's going to look like. If we do this, then what will be the next steps in order to go further? And you bring out the piece of paper, the Excel piece, uh, where you say, this is what we're suggesting the next steps could be because you don't know how to buy our product or how to go live. And this is what we say we intend we need to check up on. And then you also uh, have, but if we don't have then that, uh, then there is no go live, right? So what I'm suggesting, what I'm asking you is the commitment from the customer has to be quite high in order to say, I'm going to go and, and, and uh, you know, commit to delivering all of these things when first maybe he's not so committed, but he's still interested and maybe there will be. So the question is, we as in sales, we like to have happy ears. Um, <laughs> how much can we trust our happy ears? <laughs> well, I think that's, I think it's a, it's, it's a good point you're asking. It's also, I think the, the main cliff is, uh, depends on how your sales process is structured, like how, how much you can demo without a lot of putting a lot of resources in, right? Uh, maybe you are, maybe you're already demoing in the first call, right? So I have a lot of, uh, I've, I've had a lot of uh, clients as a consultant, which had like, uh, uh, was always this question, okay, should we demo in the first call or not? If we don't demo in the first call, then the clients aren't happy. If we demo, it takes a lot of time. Um, so I think, um, the resource part is very important. So, um, before you deploy resources and by resources, I mean, maybe a sales engineer, maybe someone who sets up a custom demo, so an extended custom demo, or maybe even something is prepared specifically for the client, because you know that they have systems, ABC. Um, this is something that, um, yep, happens typically after you qualify the, the, the opportunity, right? So I guess the answer is, uh, or how. How we do it and how, how I did it with the companies I was engaging with is, um, we always would show, um, if we said, okay, this client in the call, you already know in the discovery call that the client is qualified or not, then you would draw up the mutual aspect plan on the, on the screen. You would say, this is our, like, this is how we work. Uh, this is how our sales process works. This is our mutual action plan. We work with mutual action plans. It looks like this. Mr. Klein, it's basically a, a, a project plan with, uh, we have to align on for you to make sure that we can go live in time. And then you go in the high level run through of the main parts. And then you introduce to them, if we move forward, then we would need a separate meeting with you to go through the details because we have to discuss with the technical, uh, 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 yeah, with, with the technical uh, contact that we need to talk with for. APIs or something, who is your legal uh, contact? We need to uh, send the legal documents to who is this, who is this, and then you align on, uh, uh, uh and make the customer understand that there's much more to it, uh, than just swiping a credit card or signing a document or, uh, a purchasing of that. I, uh, uh, if that's, if that makes sense. How large would you recommend these documents are? I mean, if I look internally for the companies I've worked in. Uh, there can be excessive projects, <laughs> which, but then you don't want to overwhelm somebody so early in the process. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, of course. So at first, just show a template, right? <laughs> just show like, like uh, I don't know, this is the six, seven step plan of going live, right? So, and it, everything is templatized. So you won't, you won't have um, like specifics in because you don't know them uh, uh, yet. But if I say, um, for instance, um, uh, talk to or, or, or make, like we, we're selling to sales, right? So sales course integration. The, the sales of course integrations uh, always has to, uh, we always have to, or our clients always have to check this with sales ops or sales enablement uh, internally, uh, how they test it, how they get a sandbox in Salesforce to integrate with. Um, this is, for instance, a specific item I wouldn't show in uh, the mutual action plan at the first, the first meeting, right? The first meeting would just say, uh, except for the task, intru intru introduce me to your sales ops manager. It would, it would say, um, um, check for integrations. So like a high level topic of, uh, of what I'm going to do. I'm not, and maybe this ha will have three, four five tasks coming with it. Uh, but it's just like a, like a milestone, uh, at first you all only show uh, milestones first before, uh, you really go into detail, go into tasks, assign package, uh, work packages and that kind of stuff. Uh, so, uh, it's not long at the first stage, it's not long. But it can get quite long if you go through the process because, of course, um, different steps maybe emerge along the process which you couldn't anticipate in the first place. Mm. And if you're starting out and you've never done these action plans, mutual agreement plans, then where would you start for the people listening? I would, I would start with, uh, so the first exercise is always um, like make, Actually treat it as a product, treat it as why should I use or why should a customer buy a mutual action plan from me, right? So why should he agree to work with a mutual action plan uh, uh, um, for, for the purchase order? Um, so what pain is it solving? Um, what, uh, 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 what is the result, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, the practical exercise is um, map back the last, I don't know, 10 deals that went quite well or five deals in your opinion, however large you are, if you're a startup, a startup, of course, you might not have so many, uh, uh deals in the enterprise motion that, uh, you can count or really draw back five or 10 of those. But if you have like a bunch of deals, I would reverse engineer them. What's the happy path, not the happy year, <laughs> what's <laughs> the happy path for us sellers, right? What's the happy path for. Uh, as for timeline, as for uh, steps we need to take, as for what's the best case scenario, uh, what's our best case scenario uh, um, prospect, and how would he go through the sales process um, from demo stage to uh, go live, not the close, but the go live. Um, and this is basically the exercise that I uh, always, that we always do when we do mutual action plan workshops. Um, and then as a second step, and this is actually the, now we're coming into how do we apply it? Um, you, so you have reverse engineered the perfect sales process for a specific customer segment, uh, and you have written it down in Gantt chart and Excel sheet, uh, just written it down in some form with timelines, uh, with time, uh, deltas uh, in it and the different streams you need to talk to. Um, and then you have to sell it. Right. So you have to sell the mutual action plan to the customer because the customer is saying, oh, wow, what is this? No, I don't. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. We need to do this, but 
uh, I'm, I'm not sure uh, if I should do it. This is real work, right? So um, you need to convince him that it makes sense to use the mutual action plan to buy. And um, at that stage, um, I have the, I, I always coined the sentence, uh, typically when we work with customers like you, we see problems emerging in that point of the sales process, that point of the sales process, that point of the sales process, because um, we haven't done this, this, this. We are trying to solve these problems with anticipating them and with addressing them early. So that's why define this mutual action plan. And that's why you as a buyer will uh, have a better buying journey um, when using and aligning on this. That makes total so, sense. Yeah. Now, what do you think are like typical pitfalls where the people step into? Yeah. Um, yeah, let me, let me quickly <laughs> gather. So the pitfall, um, I think it's not the, it's not the plan itself. It's not the, uh, mapping out the steps from demo to go live. Um, it's not, uh, like knowing whom you need to talk to. Um, it's actually, um, selling it and aligning the customer to it and it's attaching some kind of go live state to it because the problem with every framework and the problem with a lot of frameworks is they always work perfectly on paper and perfectly in theory. But, um, if you don't have a go live date, you can't, I don't have, if you don't have a date for, uh, until the customer wants to go live, then, uh, you can't quite map your mutual action plan to it. Right. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of customers don't have a go live date in mind. So they will not tell you, Hey, I need this by the 1st of January. They will not tell you, uh, Hey, I need this next quarter. Otherwise something bad happens. Also maybe, maybe one in 20 deals, uh, works like this. So the difficulty is for uh, a salesperson, for an account executive to, uh, kind of identify this go live date. And what I mean is, um, you have to map a negative impact to this. Uh, to, to the, to the client situation when he doesn't move with you, when he doesn't go with your solution, when he keeps doing what he's doing and when he keeps experiencing the pain that he's experiencing now. So and give an example, example for this, the negative pain. Yeah. So for instance, if you're selling, um, for instance, if you're selling, let's say you're selling a CRM, you're selling a CRM, uh, and you don't have a CRM yet. So a customer doesn't have a CRM head, he, he has an Excel sheet where he tracks all the, uh, all, all the opportunities and, um, he's selling well, he's growing. He, uh, he tells you in the discovery, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, onboard three new sellers next month. Uh, and then I think I'm gonna grow to five more by the end of the quarter Q4 this year. Then the negative impact is, or the negative, uh, experiences that he will feel because you as an expert know, uh, 12 months from now, when he has 10 sellers, or let's five plus three, eight, he's also a seller. So seven, uh, so nine, maybe, or you have said nine salespeople, um, an Excel sheet has major pitfalls to track your customers with, right? Mm. So you need to kind of educate him on a future problem that he's going to run into 
if he won't change, um, yeah, his process and align his process to future changes. And the future change in that scenario is he's not going to have one salesperson. Uh, nine months from now, he's going to have uh, nine salespeople. And nine salespeople working from a CRM sheet has uh, many documentation problems, uh, many uh, false data entry problems, uh, which he will have a negative, um, yeah, a negative uh, impact uh, from in nine months. Super interesting. And I think uh, the big takeaways for me is really working backwards and trying to go to that pain uh, offering. If you don't do this, then this is the consequence to, and uh, I'm going to get uh, my guys to start selling the mutual action plan a little bit more. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think I'm, uh, we're missing right now in this conversation? Um, uh, let me go through my notes because I have, I've done some notes to this. Um, yeah, I think so. So the main things, when, um, the main things we already talked about is uh, the, the critical events, the go live date, how do I orchestrate and that winning by design, we used to call that orchestrating a critical event, right? So you have to orchestrate a negative impact that a customer might not have feel or might not know yet that he's going to run into some kind of bad thing in the future. Um, because in reality, nobody will tell you. I need a CRM by the 1st of January. They will tell you, hey, I might, I might need a CRM, right? That's what prospects tell you. That's why I'm, uh, 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 that's why I'm demoing with you because I think I might need it. Um, I think, yeah, what we um, might have missed, and this is also um, an important experience that I made, is that uh, you should show the wherever you are uh, documenting or collaborating the mutual action plan on, if it's an Excel sheet, if it's a software, if it's a PowerPoint, um, or if it's just a text uh, a text file, you should make it a um, a main document of every meeting, at least with a champion or with people of your core buyer group. Should always draw it back or put it up the screen share by the at the end of the meeting. Get into it, collaborate on it. Maybe make the buyer uh, edit it, edit cells, edit parts of it, comment on it. So make it a collaborative document and make it a central document of the whole buying journey. Um, that it's always central. That they always everything kind of uh, uh, what do they say? Uh, uh, like circles or Gravit gravitates around uh, the mutual action plan um, and showing it in the screen share in every meeting at the end, just a few minutes, and then editing the stuff that you checked and editing the, the things that have changed uh, does a big part of it. I love that. And um, before I ask you the last question, I want to say thank you for joining because I'm learning something here. And uh, I'm getting some inspiration because in my head, I already know exactly where I'm going to implement exactly what you said. Because we've got five streams which we need to align on, and we're having a bit of an issue uh, uh, with that because there's many different stakeholders in this uh, in this project. Um, and I'm going to look forward to to bring uh, bring this uh, this conversation to live uh, tomorrow uh, when I go back to work. So thank you so much for that, uh, Johannes. It's been really in, in, inspirational, and and, and uh, I'm getting a lot out of this. So so thank you. Maybe uh, to finish off, something on the more personal side and um, uh, but work related. Uh, 
what is one thing you wish you would have known about sales that you know now that you did not know when you started out, which would have maybe made your life a little bit easier? <laughs> that changes the answer. Which maybe... um, the last part, the last sentence, the last half sentence changes my whole answer. Um, well, you can give us two. <laughs> the answer without the last part, the, last, the, 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 the thing that I didn't know when I started in, yeah, let's call it sales because I always, I didn't want to, like beginning of my career, I didn't want to go into sales, right? So I didn't, I, I thought, yeah, that you don't want to be this sleazy sales guy, right? So sales has a very bad reputation in, at least in Germany, right? I don't know about uh, whole Europe, but, uh, and then everybody would tell me, you should go into sales. You're such a good salesperson. Go to sales. You, you're so dumb. Why don't you join the sales, uh, sales force or join us the sales team? I would say, yeah, no, I want to go in business development, right? So then I first, my first job was business development manager. And what I didn't know before that, and it just clicked, I don't know, maybe quite, quite late actually, when I, uh, when somebody gave me the books of winning by design, for instance, if you, um, so sales is not, um, something that is, or you is not anymore something that is very talent-based. It's very. Um, it, it, it's a, it's a very strong, I would say it's a craft, right? It's, it's not an art anymore. It's art and craft, but it's a craft. If you think of a library, then a sales library is packed with different frameworks, books, and different, like different things you can do. And, uh, it's actually also teachable. So that's what I, uh, what I find really interesting about it, that you can actually really step-by-step -step process oriented, teach sales to, uh, yeah, to new hires, to people. So this is the first question, uh, the first part of the question, the second part that I didn't know, uh, before that made life easier now, um, repetitions. So in sales, you need repetitions. You, you can't just, uh, you can't just, uh, and the whole podcast for me now, uh, is, is, is or what, what we do, right, what we're doing right now. Um, the main part that I'm seeing that in consulting and training in, in, in my own teams every day and all the time, the best framework won't cut it. You have to do the reps, recalibrate, iterate, get, maybe get coached, do it again and, uh, find your sweet spot in the framework or find like, uh, attach the framework to practical, um, knowledge or practical uh, experience. And this is the only thing you can do with repetition. So, um, it's quite comparable to sports. Uh, to the gym, you can't just gain muscle by knowing how to do a biceps curl, right? And doing it once, twice, you have to do it, I don't know, 20, 30 reps, three, three days, three days a week, uh, six, 10 weeks, and then you see muscle gain, right? So that's the thing that, um, uh, maybe you, maybe I kind of knew it, or maybe somebody told me, but I wouldn't listen to them. Right. But there's no. There's, there's no shortcut. You have to do the reps. You have to do the reps and again, and again, and again, and again. Uh, that's the main, the main thing that I, uh, that, uh, would have made life easier. So repetition and of course, patience and, uh, put in the time and effort and, uh, uh, yeah, good th things will come if you do the reps. I couldn't agree one, uh, uh I couldn't agree more. Uh, it's definitely, it's, it's a good analogy with the gym because, uh, yeah, you can lift uh, uh, weights, but if you want to lift heavy, that's like knowing how to craft a proper deal. There's no cheating. <laughs> you have to do the reps. <laughs>
Johannes, thank you so much for coming on the show. We're at the end now. Um, it's been a real pleasure. And if best. people want to connect, I think LinkedIn is probably the best way to reach out to you, right? Yes, LinkedIn is, LinkedIn is good. Awesome. I'll drop everything in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks, Henry. Now we're at the end of the show. And I want to say thank you for listening to the end. It makes a huge difference. You know, getting the engagement and getting people to watch this makes me more than happy. And if you haven't done so, then smash that subscribe button. Leave me that like. Maybe share it with somebody who you think this conversation may be interesting for because that's what I do it for, for us as a community of salespeople. And uh, thank you again. I'm looking forward to meet you in the next episode. If you want to engage or get a connect with me or with Johannes, then LinkedIn or Instagram is probably the best place to find us. I'll leave the links down in the show notes. Thank you guys. Take care. See you next week. Bye-bye.